0: Hello, maggots, and uh, what is your major malfunction? If you have coronavirus, that's probably it. Um, Or if you are just unemployed, that's also probably a pretty major malfunction. Um, Welcome to... I'm being a drill sergeant. Is this scan? Okay, Uh, I don't feel like yelling in the quiet apartment that I'm recording this in, but imagine I'm the guy from uh, Full Metal Jacket or whatever. Hello and welcome to part six of Thank You For Your Service, the series of podcasts about how the people that wash your dishes, serve your food, fill your drinks, etc. are more brave than the troops. Uh, That started off as kind of a joke and it made people (laughs) kind of mad at me when i first started saying it, but uh, who's laughing now? Um, I think it is (laughs) proven to be rather demonstrable given what is going on in our current pandemic end times. We are currently living in a time when an invisible virus has rendered 3.3 million people unemployed and separated from the health insurance that they would have had via their employer, if you really even had that to begin with. An invisible disease is threatening our lives. It lives on your skin. It lives on your face. It crawls inside of your nose while you're sleeping like so much face hugger alien from the HR Geiger alien universe. Um, That's a new thing, by the way. If you don't know, you have to wash the inside of your nose before you go to sleep at night because it crawls inside of your head while you're sleeping. Shit's really going down, y'all. And for that reason, I decided to um, do another installment of this podcast. I wanted to talk uh, over the phone with a number of different people who I enjoy, who I find funny, and who I know are comrades in the trenches of the fucking service industry. I have a lot of friends who lost their jobs immediately. Um, Live in America, have no fucking social safety net, and uh, are various degrees of fucked and uncertain about what happens next, right? Um, So this is going to be kind of a rapid fire bunch of interviews. Um, This is by no means a solution to anything. (laughs) Um, Something that I've been talking about a little bit on my other podcast, While You Mad, and on the internet, and will probably likely come up on this show is uh, the fact that um, what we need now more than ever is, you know, some sort of universal program. We're not going to get it anytime soon. Uh, We might. I mean, there is something going on with uh, the stimulus bill. Um, We also need mutual aid to fill in the gaps before that is really able to be implemented or put in place. Um, And so for that reason... Uh, At the end of this show, I'll be sort of digging through and explaining uh, various mutual aid programs that we can use to bail out our friends who are fucked like us. Uh, The problem there is that this is a limited resource because we can't all bail out each other because we're all, most of us are experiencing the lack of work and money from this thing. Um, Something that I know some friends of mine have been doing. in austin texas that i think is you know a nice gesture and something that can paper over some of the problems we're experiencing right now is this uh, thing where you just tip your friends on venmo if you're drinking at home and you have a a friendly bartender that you enjoy send them a couple bucks hey you're saving money anyway because you're drinking from a fucking gas station right um you know but uh that is obviously something that uh is a Band-Aid and not a a vaccine, right? So, I don't know. We also need to think about our friends who are dishwashers and all sorts of things that aren't even tipped. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll attempt to try to solve, you know, some of those problems near the end of this episode. But the first thing I'm going to do is go around the country a little bit, talk to various friends of mine about the jobs that they either lost or had uh, shuffled around, the effects of the coronavirus and also, you know, we're going to do, uh, the, uh, the real mission of this podcast series, which is not entirely so theoretical and heady. It's more, um, you know, the, the Slavoj Zizek thing about, uh, you know, gallows humor within the trenches itself. Um, <laughs> You know, talk some bullshit about the goddamn industry, Uh, tell some dumb stories, have a laugh. Are you having a laugh, Ricky Gervais might say? Yes, I am, because a bunch of people are about to die. Okay, well, uh, first, I'm going to get into this conversation I had with my friend John Rabin, who is a uh, a, quite a legend in my mind, uh, and in the stand-up comedy scene in Austin, Texas, he um ran a show called spike club that was uh the precursor it existed before roast battle ever was a thing um and then i stole it from him for a while when he was in prison uh <laughs> i'm fe- like all my texas shit is really coming out during this outbreak i don't know why outlaw outbreak maybe that's it um But, uh, yeah, he's a a really smart guy and a really funny guy, and he is a dishwasher, (laughs) like, professionally, and uh, he'll explain why. And he's also a hilarious comic, and has a podcast called Yes, I'm Still Sober, and he's also sober, um, and has a lot of interesting stuff to say about that. So um, yeah, I'll uh, swing into that. We basically just started talking without introing anything. So we'll start off with John, and then we'll just move around from there. Everyone I'm talking to has a Venmo. All of their Venmos will be in the show description if you feel like throwing my friends a few bucks. I'm sure it would help them out in this time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, stick around for the, the thing at the end, too. All right, here's John Rabin. John Rabin. How's it going up there, dude? Um uh, it's cool. I ha I had food poisoning during all of this, which was really confusing. Uh <laughs> like <laughs> it was confusing for me and for anyone observing me. <laughs> it's uh, I feel like if there was a guy during like the bubonic plague, but he was running around going like don't nobody eat at Chipotle either. That's also important, yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you recording this?
0: I'm just going to record everything and then just make something out of it. Um here I'll Oh good.
1: All
2: right.
0: <laughs> How you been, yeah. man? How's uh so tell me about your, uh, your your journey with work though. Just to stay on theme here. You still wash my, dishes? My ju-
1: yeah, for 9 years I washed dishes.
0: <laughs> um
1: and and I have a degree. Like this is um, yeah, for, so for anybody who doesn't know me, because everybody who knows me knows, oh no, that makes sense. But, uh, um, after going through multiple, uh, alcohol arrests, um, three DWIs, and which got me on uh, felony probation, then I decided, decided. it. To become a, a heroin addict while on felony probation—that's that's the thing that I don't think people realize—is that I was I was a junkie while on felony probation the whole time. <laughs> but but because because I was white and because I paid on time, they just checked me for alcohol. They didn't really check me for the for the heroin thing. Oh, so I did all so I did all that uh, and. You know, of course, quickly bottomed out. And then, uh, you know, when I and then I moved to we were in Austin here and then I moved to San Antonio to go to rehab and stayed in San Antonio, which, you know, to get away from drugs, which makes anyone who lives in San Antonio laugh uh, because it's like you went to San Antonio to get away from drugs. But but I didn't have any I didn't but I didn't know any dealers there. So it it makes sense, you know, but uh, and but because of the felony and everything, getting a job was super difficult. And I just kind of kind of happened into dishwashing. And and the whole thing is, is that, you know, I was sick of working because I was working in a cubicle and I worked for like Apple Computer and. uh, NCSoft, which is a video game company and like all this stuff, and. And the thing was is that I hated the whole resume and interview process, you know, and I, I got that asshole who was like, sell me this pen. Like I got all that, you know, and I just, and the interview for the dishwasher position was, can you start today? Yeah, they're over there. That was <laughs> yeah. it. That was like, yeah, it's, and- like,
0: it's barely a job. It's kind of great. Cause it just, it's like, everyone knows it's the worst job. So no one really asks you anything. You just show right. up and you're a body. And they leave you alone.
1: Yeah, they leave you the fuck alone. And that's the whole thing. That's what I loved about it was, you know, I could, you know, it's got that, that meditative aspect to it because you're just in a rhythm and you're just going and you just, and that's why I kind of stuck with it was because because nobody wanted to do with it, do anything with it. Nobody ever told me what to do. I haven't had anybody give me a command. And I know it's, I know it's ego. I know it's a fucking ego thing, but I hate like, like everybody else. I don't, I don't like being told what to do at all. You ask me or you, you know, stay out of my way, kind of a deal. And yeah. I just, and they, and they don't, they're like, I'm not going to wash dishes, you know, just let him go as long as you get your work done. And so I just kept doing that. And then like this, like la- my latest job was, at a diner. So I was working eight to five. It's like a day, like a literal day job. So I could do comedy. At, so I could do comedy at night, you know, and I was, and, and the thing was is that this was the first time because it was a guy, I, I shit you not a guy I met in rehab was the head cook. And he's the one who hired me a few years later. And I told him when he hired me, I said, I, I actually made it in my clause, and I had the owner agree to it that nobody could ever tell me what to do, which is a ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous request, but I told them, "I'm like, look, look, I know." I'm like, I'm, the, I'm one of the best dishwashers in the, in the, in the city. I'm the best at this job and I will yeah. bust my ass, but do not ever tell me what to do because I have ego issues.
0: Dude, they have to make and, like, a, like a roadhouse style movie about this, about a guy who's the best dishwasher <laughs> in San Antonio and Austin.
1: <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out doing, you know, it's like we need you yeah it's like i'm out of here just to pack it up and jump on my fucking scooter or jump on the skateboard and just skate away
0: <laughs> yeah 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 they really, say so you just got the in from san Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: and
1: then i just you correct everybody all right we're not doing that anymore we're not doing that anymore that kind of thing and and that's yeah and the the funny uh, the, no, i wouldn't say haha funny thing about covid-19 is i've been really caught i've been really cocky about being a dishwasher in that in the whole like job security thing because i know i'll always have a job i thought because i'm like i could not imagine a scenario where there would be no dishwashing jobs and sure as shit they found one the only scenario <laughs> Which put which put me out of a job. Which is like, we don't have any dishes for you to wash because everything is delivery or takeout now. That's like, ah, I don't know how they did that, but they <laughs> they totally fucking figured it out.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like they create a situation where you, even the cockroaches can't survive. There's, so, <laughs> you're but are you doing delivery stuff now?
1: Yeah, what I've uh, I filed, you know, I did the whole unemployment thing. I've been like, you know, that's a delay and, and, you know, who knows if we, if, you know, Texas will have any money for us, but, uh, I, yeah, I jumped on the, uh, the whole delivery app thing because I have a scooter that has, you know, takes $2 to fill a gas tank. So I just, uh, and I just, in fact, today I just got back from delivering, uh, Bottles of wine to a couple of shut-ins. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, do- I'm doing God's work. I'm keeping, <laughs> you know, keeping the shut-ins soused, which is, you know, ironic being a sober guy now. But you Every, know,
0: everything about your life is ironic. <laughs>
1: You're living in
0: <laughs> this just strange purgatory. That's like a, it, you know reflecting on the end of your own life. You know like in movies like you go to hell and it's like oh you know you liked eating uh, donuts too much. Now you eat all these donuts or whatever. Uh
2: right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> now you have to deliver yeah, people it, food on like a scooter. Um Yeah. I guess you you have a license again?
1: Yeah, that see that's the thing is that I just I got in under the wire. I I went to the dmv and got my license finished you know driver's test and got my license back uh and then the, the very that afternoon i did that in the morning and then that afternoon they shut down the dmv office
0: god damn
1: dude so i, I barely made it made it in and that's that that's what's you know it i've I'm, I'm 46. So this is, it's like a 30 year time of the flat circle thing. Cause I, I basically, cause I was without a license for 12 years. And uh, so I finally got it back in the 30 year cycle. Like I had, like they gave me a driver's permit that, that you like, Hey, you can drive, but you have to have an adult in the front seat. <laughs> 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 like I had that, you know, and uh, and our our mutual friend Amber Bixby goes, hey, you and my fourteen year old daughter have the same driving permits. Uh, permits. Dude, uh, I so, had that same uh,
0: thing a couple years ago because I'm also a degenerate. I uh, got my like uh, learner's permit, and I but not my license. So uh, I got it so I could go on tour. Um, and then I had to have an adult in the car with me. So like, if I got, <laughs> which is, you know, it's fine for touring. Cause you have other people because that's what touring is. But like, if we got pulled over by the cops, it never happened, but I would have had to have been like, uh, you know, this fucking, uh, you know, this is this crusty bass player is my adult here, you know, <laughs> <He's laughs> technically teaching me to drive somewhere in the middle of Oklahoma, just on a highway.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh but that's, I mean, that, that's, and it's weird because, you know, uh, I've that I had did, did nothing but ride the bus and skateboard for so many years. Um, uh, which because I, the mentality was that when I lost my license that, you know, I, I didn't stop drinking because I thought that I was, I was going to start skateboarding everywhere because I thought they never pull you over for drunk skating. Uh, and they don't because they just stop just let gravity take care of that shit, basically. But, uh, you know, that's really what all, all that happened. But I – and my scooter is very much like a, like a dirt bike moped. So I went from skateboard – to a moped, you know, to like a dirt bike. So I went from age 14 to age 15. Now I have my license and I'm in a am at age 16. So, so one day I'm going to get that car, uh, not this, not this year, but, uh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. Someday. Well, I'm glad you got the scooter. Cause I was imagining you like the purgatory thing was on my mind. I was imagining you having to skateboard bottles of wine to people's doors. in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> a long board just going yeah yeah no it, it's uh yeah and it's it's been it's been interesting uh because you know uh, some of our mutual friends and some of my other comedian friends who were uh you know it's it's been weird because they're all promoting their their albums like the uh like the like, COVID nineteen has ruined their comedy money, and I'm like, you guys weren't making money before. Like, you're not. You know, I hate to. I mean, I don't want to. You know, out people, but they. But they like. I'm like, you need money because you're a bartender. Like, I like, you really should. I, it, I think it's just the uh, the not owning reality to me. It's just the. It, it's like, come on, guys. Man, I mean, sell your album, but you know. <laughs>
0: i agree a hundred percent and uh i think you know i mean we are surrounded by a a, an entire kind of society of people or like a subculture of people that are all participating in the same delusion so they do get really mad at you when you point this out but you're a hundred percent right and actually i think it's kind of like promote your album sure make your money off of that that's cool but like the implication that it's like I really need this because otherwise I, you know, I'd be working is kind of it it kind of a dick move to your friends that you work at your restaurant with because uh, <laughs> we should be bailing out the thing that everyone actually does for money you know um, yeah because your fucking friend that waits tables with you at your restaurant or washes dishes or whatever isn't like they're not going to benefit from this comedy bailout thing. It should should be bailing out restaurant workers, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox there, but, but,
1: uh, (laughs) no, but that yeah, they've got kids and shit. Like they've got like, you know, they're, they're trying to live and, and it's just the, uh, yeah, the, the idea that it's like, we need to help. Yeah. We need to help the, uh, hospitality, you know, in the restaurant, the restaurant industry and the bar industry before we help out the, uh, the open mic industry uh <laughs> just because i mean jesus christ let's you know priorities you know you know uh i don't know yeah,
0: anyway no, nah, yeah. i agree 100 percent. i made a bunch of mad on the internet about it the other day but i don't fucking care because <laughs> comedy is not important john <laughs> it's fun but you know it's
1: like you know, I got to get on, I, I got to get, uh, I got to perform online. It's like, you know, we have enough content. There's enough content <laughs> yeah. created. You don't have to, like, nobody's sitting at home going, there's nothing to watch. There's totally <laughs> yeah. something to watch.
0: Yeah, that is the exact opposite of the problem right now. We're actually. <laughs> yeah, that is not. <laughs> we're actually sitting kind of pretty <laughs> in terms of, like, this fucking outbreak could not have happened at a more opportune time in history. There is just all of. <laughs> This
1: shit
2: to watch.
1: Yeah, there is plenty of shit to watch and do. I'm I'm level 130 on Grand Theft Auto Online. I'm doing pretty pretty well.
0: Uh, oh goddamn! I just started playing the uh, Fallout because I thought it was just kind of appropriate for all this. But, uh, yeah, uh, Fallout Four. Eh, so far, eh. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Fallout Four, yeah, yeah,
0: it's like it's good. It's like three, but then it has this building shit in it that I don't really care for. Uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, don't get it, dude. Don't get into the building shit because it like, like Skyrim. As soon as you get into building shit, it's a whole other time wasting. I mean, I, I guess you have you have the time, but uh, but it's just it's uh oh, it's a it's a, a a fucking rabbit hole of time wasting. It's like, ooh, I'm gonna build a fort. Like it's just it's just weird, you know, It's just a, I'm gonna put a bar in my fort, and <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's yeah,
0: yeah. Nah, there is something that I, maybe it's like a generational thing that neither you or I uh, really are the right age for. But that every video game now just having like building in it, like Fortnite and like all the <laughs> yeah. Minecraft. I don't fuck. I don't want to. I don't want to be a construction worker. That's the reason I'm playing a video game. So nah. I don't have to do that.
1: Right. I don't need to build a shelter. I just want to shoot people like in the game. Like can I can I just want to do the, you know, that was my whole argument of PUBG versus Fortnite is I'm like I'm not building shit. You know, I just want to kill the other 99 people. Yeah. Uh theoretically. But uh you know, the I think the biggest thing uh cuz that that's the other thing about the uh pretending to be a full-time comedian because, I mean, and I get it. I totally get it. But at some point, that was like part of uh, my own uh, and my own recovery program when I sobered up. Because I didn't do the 12-step. I had done that for so long that it just, you can actually, if you think that you're too smart for it, it doesn't mean that you are, but if you to—but if you think that you're too smart for 12-step, it doesn't work for you. Yeah, that's have to, Yeah, you have to, it's like you have to. Uh, like, like my mother's really, you know, a a very devout Christian, you have to be all in on it for it to help you and to, and to actually get something out of it. Same thing with 12 step, you have to be all in on it. Otherwise it's bullshit. It doesn't work. And so I had to do my own thing. And, but part of that was accepting exactly who I was and not being, and that's kind of why I own the whole dishwasher thing that like, I'm look, if I'm going to be a dishwasher, I'm going to be the fucking best. I'm going to overthink everything. I'm going to be, you know, very uh, control issue with this job, and I am. Uh, cooks are scared to come in and fuck with me. It's great, but um, <laughs> but but that's the whole thing. Is that you know I I you know I'm very open about being an ex junkie, a convicted felon, and a you know, and a dishwasher. Like that's, you know it's it, it that's part of that's part of my act that's exactly who I am and I'm totally fine with it. I'm like I'm a professional dishwasher. Also, I do comedy. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know.
0: Yeah, well, who I, mean, I am. There is something to be said about that in terms of like uh, realizing that you're surrounded by a group of people like comedians that all sort of validate themselves based on. The thing they – try, trying really hard to make the thing that they do as like a hobby or the, that they like into something they can say is their uh, occupation. For some reason, that's really, really important to people. And I think it's it's something I'm really fascinated with just in terms of studying our incredibly you know, neurotic peers. And like uh, I think that you're free once you do what you're talking about where you – Break from that and realize this. Whether or not I can write this on a fucking tax thing has literally zero to do with whether I'm good at it, or it's you know, it's uh, anything is functioning. Like whether my shit is good or um, you know, it's it's like. Whether I'm involved in the world of comedy at large, you know, whether people are going to remember my jokes or whatever, so I'm like the same way, and I—that's uh, why I just talk about delivering pizzas all the time. Actually, honestly, I was doing really well as a comedian until this fucking virus <laughs> broke out, and I lost like a shit ton of work. <laughs> were, I was—I—I right. uh, I actually lost work, and uh, you know, I—I I don't give a fuck about because I have another job, right? But um, but yeah, I talk about being a pizza guy all the time, and like, especially in, in New York, where you know, it's, it's the capital of. It's the capital of everything. And de facto, it's the capital of douchebags who think like this thing I'm describing. Uh, pe- yeah. People all the time are like, oh, that means you're a loser. And I'm like, I'm saying what you're saying about dishwashing to them. Like, you it, you don't understand. this actually means I'm smarter than you. Because, like, you know... Cause I'm not walking dogs secretly and, and freaking out about it and going no 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 I'm a professional uh, you know I work at the fucking uh, you know whatever the Eastville Comedy Club or Danger Fields or whatever um, yeah no that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because I think I, there's like a lot of value in what you're describing like uh, and it's I mean <laughs> you almost like a Anthony Bourdain type of wisdom in terms of like dishwashing though. Like, uh, (laughs) I think there's a lot going on in the dish pit that people don't understand. It's like a, it's a very like meditative (laughs) place, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's the thing about it is, is that there's a finite end, like there's an actual end to your day. Like, you know, when your job is done at the end of the shift, like when you, when everything is put up, you're taking zero baggage home with you every night and there is a there is a a lot to be said for a job that's like that where you don't take any work bullshit office bullshit home because you're done (laughs) you're done for you're done for the day you know you just come home and you're like (laughs)
0: <laughs> it would be funny as if you're like an al bundy type like uh you know comb over like slumpy married man and your wife's yelling at you and you come home and you got a briefcase full of dishes and you're like guys oh, a <laughs> uh, rough day at the office <laughs> I yeah gotta,
1: i gotta get these i gotta get these whole, yeah, back back in the office yeah. got my deadlines in the morning before the <laughs> restaurant opens yeah <laughs> yeah you're right it'll never yeah. happen
0: so it's fr- yeah. fucking free Just
1: plates and random random spoons <laughs> uh yeah that's it, it's it's definitely it, i don't know it's just a, and the uh the place that i'm you know furloughed from i guess uh until we go back whenever that whenever that is is even better because it's its own room so i have my music playing you know blaring the whole day so i listen to music like nine hours a day to the point to where i don't work i don't listen to music at home i i listen to podcasts because i'm I, I gotta be honest i'm fucking sick of music i've listened to everything because i've worked there two and a half years nine hours a day that's a lot of goddamn music yeah and uh yeah albums go but, by uh, but,
0: quick you know but like you start yeah. getting to like long-form podcasts and shit you can really fill some time
1: Right, I would have never, I would have never listened to all three stupid hours of a Rogan podcast. But now I have the time. I'm like, well, I like the guy. I'm gonna listen to the, the guest <laughs> for three, three fucking hours. It's just insane. It's an insane amount. But you know, if you've got the time, just like long form podcast episodes, I, I totally am all about. Yeah. So I'm like, this is only, th- which is weird because my podcast is only thirty minutes, but that's that's i'm like i don't want to force my rambling longer than 30 minutes on anyone
0: no i think people really appreciate that too um speaking of uh (laughs) exactly that i uh i think i'm gonna do like a bunch of interviews with people this week so i gotta let you go but uh you should come back though like this is uh i think i'm pretty sure my fans are gonna like this and uh sure yeah no i think you're really funny so you should um Promote uh, first of all your podcast, which is very funny. I listen to it all the time, and uh, also very interesting. And um, if you have like a yeah. Venmo or anything, you want to throw out there, fucking go crazy because I'm just trying to raise money for people in the service industry. At the end of this, I'm going to put all, all, right, this, well, all the funds and stuff up there. But um, you know, we should all we should all sure. as much as we make fun of our comedian friends for the album thing, we certainly should be like throwing our tip jars out there. And we do these goddamn internet things right now. So right,
1: go. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to that.
2: Mm-hmm good
0: uh, well Go
1: my my okay my venmo is uh smoke puppet that's like spelled normally smoke puppet
2: uh-huh.
1: and uh and my uh, All one word obviously and then my my podcast is yes i'm still silver podcast uh which is basically rambling and uh discussing my sobriety and how that's going after seven and a half years now uh and uh and just dealing with bullshit and I have a lot of listeners who aren't even, who have no uh, intention of being sober. They just like saying, it's kind of like a uh, diary. So, but that's what I got going on, man.
0: Cool, man. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. I'm going to.
1: I've been working, oh, die,
0: Okay, Carlos Delgado, welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, How is your spring break going? Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Tell me about
3: Uh, your core. Oh man, this ain't ain't Daytona Beach, my friend. Uh, (laughs) long, Long are the days of when we could go to Virginia Beach and get fake tattoos and eat. Uh, you know, pop rock ice cream, you know, long, long gone are those days. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the, um, I'm here, I'm here, you know, we're here in the epicenter of New York and I work in the service industry. I work at a restaurant, uh, like a kind of bougie brunch place, sort of a thing in in Brooklyn. And, um, before all of this happened, I mean, I didn't realize how fat my cat was, you know, like I just, you know, when times are good in service, you know, they are because you feel it in your pocket. Um, You know, we were just getting ready for a spring season and, you know, I was looking to save up a bunch of money because I wanted to buy a car and I wanted to, you know, eventually get out of New York on a greater scheme, eventually. And uh, then all this happened. So, uh, thankfully... Unlike a lot of my friends right now, I uh, my restaurant didn't close. It's considered a, an essential business. I didn't know that overpriced food was considered essential, but apparently it is. Yeah, and- dude.
0: GameStop is still open. We're learning a lot about what is essential to society this week.
3: Dude, GameStop gave all their employees letters and they're like you fight a cop with this letter. They are er- like I've <laughs> <laughs> like it's so it's like you will take these games from people and you will give them nothing in return and we need to be open for this.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I got an email from them saying yeah. they're doing this shit where like you could buy something online and then you go up to the door and they like just like sp- like sp- put it through the crack in the door at you and shit. Yeah
3: that's what we're doing with 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 food basically at my restaurant is we so we we so here's the first thing that happened when all of this started going down um i got a real panicked text from my manager that said hey uh i need to ask you something and i need you to be honest with me um do you still feel comfortable coming into work even though there is a pandemic going on and I had to, I had a real crisis moment because, you know, I, part of me was just like, why, why are we going to endanger ourselves? You know, we're, 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 uh, you know, somebody who's trying to create a career here. We're trying to do something, we're trying, you know, why would you risk your health? And then I had the immigrant voice of my mother screaming behind my ears. If you're alive, you can work. So, um, I, I said I could work. And What I found out was most of the white working staff at my restaurant conveniently decided that they're not comfortable working anymore and legally were allowed to not work and go on unemployment. Meanwhile, what's left of my restaurant is this like League of Nations immigrant A team squad of like two Guatemalan line cooks, a Mexican front of house manager, two somewhat latino servers and like and then one crazy white guy because you always need one and i love that guy to death <laughs> that guy is a fucking soldier he offered to move me to california and work for his father's construction company i love that man to death okay but um <laughs> yeah so like we're you know we're kind of hosed um you know right now uh being a server you would you know you just there's a real it's hard work but there's a payoff for it uh, right now, with the things the way are, I mean, I, I generally have a good opinion of humanity, and I try to be really, you know, understanding about everything as best as I can, just for my own sanity. But the amount of people that are not tipping, right now, to to your face, like to my face, no shit, is is like I lost faith, you know, like I lost faith in, in at least the community around this restaurant. Um, That's crazy. It it, it just blows and 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 here's the thing it's not like there's no room for bad service you know it this is an understanding it's just like i we're open so we could get you overpriced food you know because you didn't want to cook tonight and i'm taking the risk because i have to go on the train or i have to leave my house to come to work and i'm i could get sick and maybe i i might not have insurance thankfully i do you know, because I'm broke enough. But that's the understanding. And the understanding is you shill out a little bit of change on top of whatever you buy because that goes to the people who are fucking taking the risk.
0: That's crazy, dude. That happened to me one time, uh, like, right after Trump got elected. The, during the Women's March, there was this thing bartenders were doing called, like, um, uh, uh, something. It was, it was for the it was for the Women's March. What you would do is... Uh, fuck cheers to women i think it was a hashtag but you would um you know tell people hey i'm donating all my tips for this shift to like uh you know planned parenthood or whatever and i was bartending in flatbush and i was doing that and people there's a few people would be like oh great and they would smile at me and then not tip (laughs) because like
3: oh yes (laughs) yeah like like there's nothing wrong with it like that's the thing like it it's just a look of like surprise if you hold on to the bag a little bit longer than you need it to, you know, like that little tug of like, Oh, huh? like that. So, you know, and, and we're not even taking cash. So all you literally have to do is type in a number. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's not. Um, so I don't know if it's sustainable. Obviously it's not, obviously this is all temporary and it's crazy and we're going through it, but I'm in a position where because I have work, even though it's, shitty and it's less than what i was making before i still i still sort of have to take it in a way like i still have like you know i i couldn't uh if somebody asked me right now you're still comfortable going to work i'm like yeah and i'm taking on the risk of getting sick i know that and uh, i kind of have to be there financially right now
2: yeah
0: yeah no it is like an impossible to answer question i don't know what to fucking do either because like the first of the month is coming up and like we're not getting those fucking trump checks
3: Oh, no, we're not getting those Trump checks. Uh, Shout out to all of the people, though, that are uh, making super uninformed opinions about whatever's (laughs) going on with the Trump check. I love your energy. Uh, Read an article for me. For me. Because it's a lot of heart, not enough data. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's going on with those Trump checks, but I'm not counting on it, man. What I am counting on is that 90-day moratorium on evictions. That is what – is giving me at least a little hope here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we need
0: to push those motherfuckers to freeze rent. Cause uh so after ninety days we're fucked. But anyway, we I could fucking get into that. But that's fine. Right. Um, <laughs> um Carlos, do you have in, in terms Go ahead Yeah,
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake.
0: I was gonna say uh well uh, not to finish up too quick here, but I got to keep these tight. Um, just, just off. No, sure. Just so listeners know, I'm going to have everyone do this. Uh, do you have a Venmo or anything in case anyone wants to throw you a couple bucks?
3: Yeah. Uh, so uh, here's the thing. I'm also uh, I'm an illustrator. So if you if you want to throw me a dollar, anything, I don't care. It really doesn't matter what it is. At uh, Ceviche Poppy, um, just put in a request in the description. I'll draw you something uh and i'll just send it to you directly uh so i mean it's not you know i'm willing to work for my money so if you do feel like it that'd be great Uh just know that i'm a artist and i will send you something if you want it
0: oh i saw that shit on instagram it was cool man
3: oh thanks man yeah i you know i always wanted to do it and i started learning months before all of this happened and then now (laughs) now i feel like that twilight uh you know twilight zone episode where everybody's nuked and i have all the books you know what i mean yeah yeah uh but yeah. my glasses did not. Yeah, I went
0: into this like missing an iPhone charger and got those vibes real hard. I went out and got one, though, but I thought we were going to get locked. Oh. inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh. okay.
3: All right. All right,
0: man. Well, sorry about your racist restaurant. Um...
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all good. Uh, uh, everybody, thanks for listening and keep on listening, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, stay on sick. I believe in you. <laughs>
4: Okay.
0: wait okay hold <coughs> on we should formally Should I not air that part?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. No one knows where I fucking
0: work. (laughs) Okay, I'm talking to Avery Moore, my bartender pal in Austin, Texas. Welcome back to the show. Avery, you know from Adam and Avery's Christmas Committee. Oh,
4: that's
0: Um, What's up, fucker? How's it going down there?
4: Fucker, I don't know, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in my immaculately clean room because I'm being really obsessive right now. Uh, Just cried uh, because I dropped a plate when I was doing the dishes. Um, Took a shot of beam and called your ass. (laughs) 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 I've just been doing really, really awful characters and like writing stupid shit for days and like annoying social media with that but yeah i don't know our industry as we know it is over so (laughs) yeah what do you think (laughs) might (laughs) might as well start singing you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude yeah we all to learn to dance
4: (laughs) we all need to fucking learn how to dance immediately (laughs) all my friends that could do those tiktok videos with like dances and shit like You know, I was a child actor, you know that, but, like, (laughs) I can't do any of those dances. I don't know how I'm going to make money now.
0: Wait, you were a child actor?
4: I, yeah, you know that.
0: I vaguely remember this. I can't tell what you say, like, wh- which things are real or not, so I think it
2: probably...
0: <laughs> I can't handle that. No, it's <laughs> 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 That can't be true, because then that means so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, like, if there's just no gathering in public, then there's no service industry, then assuming they it's, just keep propping up capitalism and not letting it like die. It's, you know, natural death. Then I yeah. guess, yeah, we literally have to start dancing on TikTok and shit. Cause I, it's the only yeah. other skill we have.
4: Yeah. I, I dropped out of college to tell jokes, you know, like, like I, like, <laughs> also I couldn't afford it anymore. Like I paid for it myself, but like I dropped out of school I'm like, I can't get in, I can't get any jobs in Austin like that are, that are like you can work remotely from, you know, Yeah. like no one, like even like data entry shit, you need a bachelor's degree and I've literally modeled my life for the past, like over a decade around being a bartender and a comic or like a prep cook or dishwasher or whatever the fuck I was doing, you know, and now all of it's gone and there's like thousands and, or probably millions of us that have done that musicians and comics and artists that are all in the service industry it's just fucking gone
0: <laughs> yeah i mean even if there was like anywhere we could go work i think the service industry in the united
2: states
4: is Dude, like, i, like, I like don't 30%. i do not want to bartend anymore Yeah, I love bartending, but I didn't want to do that. Like I voluntarily like we we closed the day after my friend Andy and I said that we wouldn't bartend because we were still getting really fucking busy because the food trucks that we have at our bar. And I was doing like hundreds of cash transactions a day and but reading the fucking news. And I was like, this isn't good we should close. Like, what are we doing? And then the next day the city shut it down. And I was like, God damn it. Like some of my coworkers wanted to just keep doing South by. And I was like, you're all fucking. <laughs> idiots. We're all going to die.
0: <laughs> Dude. I thought it was so funny when I heard South by Southwest got canceled. Cause I just didn't understand like the gravity of this. And like, no, yeah. now, now we
4: should have known we should, that's that $400 million that come into the city every year. The fact that they canceled that, we should have fucking known. Like, the people, but that just proves to you that people with a bunch of money get a heads up, you know? Unlike the rest of us. Whoever fucking runs South by got a little nudge nudge, like, hey, you probably shouldn't (laughs) do this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, you know, let's, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. no, and they strange, must have been dude. really
0: scared because South by makes so much fucking money that they would have to
4: yeah, like look at the numbers lost, and be
0: like, we would lose money because so many people would get killed from this.
4: Yeah, I lost like two or three months of rent yeah. from all of my gigs that were canceled and shit. Like, especially like here in town for South by.
0: Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't
4: know, man. I got, I don't know. I, got, I have like, I have like, I got my last paycheck in the bar and luckily it was good because like we get all of our our fucking credit card tips on a check because of course we fucking do. And but that I'm glad that we did because I got a last check so I can pay the rent this month. Um Chris Cubis is really tight and like tweeted out this thing that was like, I'm tipping Avery tonight while I drink. So, uh, like, people sent me, like, a couple hundred bucks on Venmo, which was tight. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. Uh, But,
4: I mean, I think we'll be good through May, you know? Like, I think maybe Jay and I can probably chill through May. But until then, like, we're not too sure. Like, we're going to have to do something because like our, our parents aren't rich you know so okay. <laughs> and they're also not working so, Yeah, like, i have yeah. an idea
0: because we're all like transferring to internet tips right so i'm gonna have uh, everyone everyone who's on this episode and just talk to a bunch of service people pl- uh, plug like your venmos and shit and uh i'm gonna also pipe that thing that Cubus was talking about where, like, you just drink at home and Venmo tip your bartender friends. I think that's cool.
4: Yeah, just think of your favorite bartender and uh, the hilarious joke she would have told you as she made you a perfect old fashioned. No, no, <laughs> and, no. And it, drink your white claw and tip instead. <laughs>
0: but I got a, I got a specific idea for you, Ava. well Here's what we do, right? You should make, like, a YouTube video that's like, um, you know, Avery's Kitchen and, like... Uh, it's Mike
4: like Henry's Kitchen?
0: Yeah, like an instructional video. <laughs> rip
4: off Henry Phillips.
0: <laughs> yeah. Does he have one of those?
4: Yeah, it's so funny. Have you watched... You haven't watched it? No, no. It's so sad. It's so sad.
2: <laughs>
4: the music is so sad. No. It's really funny. You would like
0: it. Dude, Okay, so, but go on. Instructional video on how to make a DAC attack because...
4: Oh, shit. I made Dak attacks with tequila last night. I made, I made, a, <laughs> That's
0: not a I, just, I,
4: I used, I know, but I just used really, really hot sink water and made a, made, <laughs> I used really hot sink water and made um, a simple syrup in a jigger and <laughs> just mixed it with my fingers. <laughs> and he's like half a lime and like two and a half ounces of tequila, and just fucking slam that shit in one of my grandma's soup glasses. It yeah. was sick.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, that's almost a daiquiri.
4: I mean, no, it, it wasn't a deck but what is that? Yeah, we should do a video. It's gonna
0: be like an old timey name for that. It's like not a margarita, it's like a.
4: Yeah, I can teach people how to make finger simple
0: syrup. Yeah, hot sink water. <laughs> <laughs> that,
4: that is was really weird.
0: That is like a perfectly normal way to make simple syrup, but is the grossest way to describe <laughs> the <laughs> ingredient. I've
4: seen our sink water is like tastes really weird, so we have to use a Brita filter. Yeah,
2: because our
4: house, our we live in a duplex that's really old, and, <laughs> and so it like it definitely tasted like the sink water and tequila, and it was slightly sweet. It was not very good. <laughs> okay, for
0: anyone listening who's curious what a dag attack is, it's just you just make a daiquiri and then pour it into a glass and then shoot and it, slam it <laughs> like take
4: a... it like a shot. Uh, you can also do take one daiquiri and split it into like two rock glasses, and that's called a snackery. That's something that you share, you
0: know? <laughs> oh, I like that one. It's cute.
4: So the DAC attack can be done alone or with a group. <laughs> and it doesn't matter the occasion, it's the everyday man's slamming cocktail.
0: Yeah, it's a slammer for the everyday slamming man. A slammer,
4: for, a slammer for the everyday man. Do you like Hemingway?
2: Yeah, dude.
4: Slam this
2: bitch.
0: <laughs> like, like we should start a restaurant, and then like the waiter is a very fancy guy, and he, he goes says things like, oh, would the gentleman like to slam his dak attack?"
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh very good sir. Snack style.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Snack style, please, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, oh, uh,
0: Fuck, dude. Yeah, what are
4: you what are you doing? Is it just a hellhole up there?
0: I mean like it's New York so like outside is just a movie it's just crazy Yeah. you know um so That's I'm not not. <laughs> not really going out much I'm just making
4: th- Are there still people walking around though cuz yeah. everyone is fucking taking a walk in my neighborhood like yeah. there's no social distancing cuz everyone is jogging all the time <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my dog has to pee <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, everyone's walking around. It's What's weird is that, like, there's so many people here that, like, most people have got the masks on and shit, and then, like, every once in a while, someone is, like, freaking the fuck out and yelling at everyone, like, you don't understand yeah. what's happening, but all it takes is one asshole to just be like, everything's normal, to, like, fuck up the entire ecosystem, so, like, yeah. it's real weird out there, because there's people still, I still somehow just, like, uh you know, kind of insisting that everything's normal.
4: Yeah, dude. There, You know that, uh, the old golf course that's on Red River yeah. in Hyde Park? That big-ass old golf course? Yeah, yeah. There, I drove past it today. There were, like, fucking four groups of, like, young men playing golf. <laughs> like, <laughs> UT kids with, like, like, eight people in each of the groups. And they were just living it the fuck up on the golf course. And it's, like, a beautiful day outside, but I was, like, what? <laughs> You're gonna golf? Like, close the <laughs> fucking golf courses, dude. Those I fucking douchebags.
0: Uh, fucking
4: douchebags. Like in like full like outfits. You know, they all have their little outfits on. Yeah. They all have their little bags and shit. No, God. you know, I was on the golf team. If no, I no, it.
0: I don't know what's <laughs> real about you, man.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was on the golf team in middle school and uh, in my freshman year of high school, and then I like found like drugs and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't golf. Uh, it's fun good. sport, but fuck them, you
0: know. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, no.
4: Thanks, bud.
0: <laughs> Dude, golf is like uh, just physically like a kind of fun game, but it's just it sucks. It's owned by douchebags. I like playing yeah. like go- like Mario Golf and shit, like the video games. I totally get it. I love
4: it. Yeah, I love Wii Golf too.
0: Yeah, Wii Golf's cool.
4: I tried to set up my SNES, and I ordered a new power cord and. Controller extensions, and I can't get it to work. I think the console's broken, but I didn't test it before I ordered all this stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, you gotta so, uh, you gotta learn how to use computers, man. You can.
4: Uh, I know I'm not good at it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think I want to mosey on here, talk to some more right. people. But thank you for joining me. What's your Venmo, dude?
4: Uh, it's just my Twitter handle at Avery Readmore.
0: Cool. Well, guys, give money to my friends. Avery... Yeah. uh, Adam and Avery's Christmas Committee, the podcast, that's still happening?
4: Yeah, it's uh, at the Christmas pod on on Twitter, if you guys want to listen to our Socialist Christmas podcast.
0: Is your album out yet?
4: No. No, that's definitely (laughs) got put on hold. (laughs) But, um, yeah, because I wanted to press it on vinyl, but... Don't really see that happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. But look out for it. It's called. It's gonna be called uh, white women. Am I right? Nice. Yeah. All
0: right, man. Well. All right. Have fun later, Jake. Dag attack.
4: Dag attack. Bye.
0: Bye. Okay, I am now talking to Benjamin Hoffman down in New Orleans. What's up, man? Welcome back to the show.
5: Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, So you're going cabin fever, you said? Yeah, I'm getting real
0: lighthouse weird up here in New York. It's like, I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but it is, you're not supposed to go outside up here. It's like, it's getting weird outside. So I'm not doing a lot of that. And, uh, you know, that'll do things to you. Uh.
5: Yeah, man. New Orleans is like real fuck, too. Like uh, there's a new story that came out this morning. That was like half of our EMS people are quarantined. So I don't know if there's going to be ambulances like soon enough like it's spreading like super super fucking fast all over Louisiana especially New Orleans and like it's not really being reported a whole lot I uh I've been
0: following this account in New York that's like uh it just keeps tweeting how many police how like how many NYPDs have it and it went from like 98 <laughs> to like 2000 in a day or something so damn that's like a fun thing we have
5: conflicted <laughs> to-
0: toxic cops you know <laughs>
5: <laughs> Yeah uh, man
0: yeah, but uh, yeah. I think I the heard... cop
5: is the weapon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I heard from uh, I can't <laughs> I can't breathe. Really? Okay. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard from Joey Thibodeau that like they're those fucking uh, drive-through, like margarita places or whatever daiquiri places are still Daiquiri's.
5: open. That does not surprise me. I mean. As far as like contact goes, it's no worse than the like, you know, they still got restaurants open for like takeout and shit like that. And I just I don't get how that's an essential service. I don't know, man. But I mean, it seems it,
0: dangerous. I think it is dangerous. But it, there's also just like, uh, I, I kinda think it is essential because like everyone, not everyone can cook, I guess. And also, if we shut down every restaurant, then, like, the it would stress the supplies from the groceries, like, really bad. Yeah. So.
5: Right. I mean, it's a lot of calculations I don't understand. I just feel like my restaurant shut down, and it was, like, the first restaurant in New Orleans, I believe, to shut down, because my boss is, like. Number one. I mean, she's cool, and she was like, she's just been, like, taking the, like, health risks of this like very seriously and like you know there's like families that work for her she doesn't want anyone to get sick um you know she's still a boss or whatever but as, as far as they come cool.
0: yeah that's that makes sense that's reasonable uh what do you do there
5: so I was like a barista cook cashier it's like this little like cafe it's mostly like it's all outdoor seating um but like it's like breakfast tacos and sandwiches and like good coffee and shit. It like a real nice ass spot. Um, I started to did everything. Um, it's kind of like everyone that worked there did everything. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know if it's going to be able to open again or not, but, I have been living off the food they gave away when they had to shut down. So, <laughs>
2: dude,
0: yeah, I've talked to a few people who have told me that like their restaurants and bars and shit were just like ah, you can have at it because like no one even knows if they're gonna reopen. Um, man, it's sad to think that beignet place in the fucking, in wherever the hell that is, that famous place that everyone goes when they're drunk. Uh, Cafe
5: Duan.
0: That's the one. Yeah. Where you get that powder shit all over yourself. That can't be running right now, can it?
5: No, man. I think most of the corridor is shut down. Like, uh, there's no way they could let that place be there because it's not like, t- it's all just like sit down. That place, this is like unsanitary anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like pigeons like on the table. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I've never been to that place sober. That's, uh...
5: Yeah, it's it's good as fuck. Like, out of all the like kitschy New Orleans shit to do, anytime someone visits, I'm like, you should actually go to Cafe Du Monde. It's nice. The beignets are great. Yeah.
0: Well, how, what you been up to, man? How's your core and teen? quarantine
5: i'm like busier than i normally am because i'm not working so i'm doing like a lot of shit with dsa it's like just spending so much time doing like spreadsheets and fucking zoom meetings uh one of the things we're working on is like this project where like people are checking in on their neighbors creating these like neighborhood mutual mutual aid like pod network things um, and like creating a system to coordinate it like up and down a phone tree that goes all the way to like dsa like central leadership um so it's been like a lot of work but it's uh it's cool i've got all my neighbor's phone numbers now uh so i can like text them propaganda whenever i feel like it
0: that's good that's smart i think one of the things is the byproducts of this is like people are gonna have to learn who lives next door to them uh because like mutual aid will need to be a thing that people rely on so you can't be all atomized and shit
5: yeah we're trying to like just because it's like i mean it's a fuckload of people are already dying but it's not like as bad as it's gonna be yet so like just had to like get the like hit the ground running with like a lot of getting those structures in place before things actually really get fucked up.
0: Yeah. What kind of structures? What do you mean?
5: I mean, the structures are just sort of like ways to connect like neighbors to each other. And then those neighborhood groupings, like into like larger online networks and like phone networks. So people can, like pass information up and down and like pass resources up and down as need be.
0: Cool. Cool. Good. Good. Um, do you know, is there anything going on in your neck of the woods in regards to, uh, like helping out service workers or anything like that? And it's like a huge part of the economy down there.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's fucking everyone. Um, there are like various funds Um, being set up some are like more mutual aid some are more like philanthropic um but it seems like a lot of it is like short-term like kind of salves and it's all like kind of got to be means tested the way it's structured at this point which sucks like it's not a real solution but people you know people can't pay rent you know people can't get groceries like already
0: yeah yeah i know it's insane how fast that fell apart like uh i don't know that i mean i saw somebody point this out online this morning and it's like obvious to us or whatever probably not to everybody else but like see the, we we're kind of like in a de facto general strike and if people looked at how quick everything fell apart with just people not being able to go to work. They realize how much leverage you have and how much leverage we could have if we all did this like on purpose with a set of demands, you know?
5: Yeah, man, I was talking to like my roommate about how I like, you know, spend so much time with people who like think like me or whatever that I forget. There are a lot of people who have like, not really considered that the economy sucks and doesn't need to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I've talked to. And a it's like everyone, you know, fucking Britney Spears is calling for a general strike. <laughs> like, our people are pissed?
0: Yeah, Britney's a comrade. Apparently, I don't know if I buy it. I don't trust. Oh, I don't celebrities. buy it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust celebrities. I think they're idiots. Fran Drescher is apparently like a, actually like been a Marxist for a long time. That's interesting. Um maybe I buy that one. I don't know. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I've talked to like libertarians and that are somehow like just white knuckling through this and still maintaining that point of view that like you can't print money or whatever. <laughs> uh, and like I think that like they're gonna be the real like the, anyone who maintains their libertarianness through the all of this is going to eventually just get themselves killed by like going outside and licking a stop sign or something, or like trying to prove that like it still works, you know? And like, this is all just a big scam. Um, <laughs> I do think, yeah, that, like, I
5: mean, <laughs> I, what I'm <laughs> like, saying is like there's a, going out, going out for what you believe in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, there's an accelerationist, uh, like tack to this, which is that, um, it, Well, everyone kind of has to have the conversation now. Like, I don't even know if this is, it's way too late to factor into like the presidential race or anything, but all that shit a few months ago about how like everyone was talking about Castro and shit and, uh, you know, trying to smear Bernie as a socialist and all this stuff. Um, you know, the answer to that was like, well, like we have to actually talk about what these words mean and, uh, probably sooner than later because climate change was going to happen eventually, but, um, yeah, I think now that this is happening, uh yeah, you kind of, people have to have these arguments out to their logical end, and uh you know, most people don't have a fucking answer.
5: Right. I mean, I think there's, like, a couple there's, like, a couple things that made me think. One is, like, I think this might be so fucked up that it could fuck over Biden. Uh Like, I know that's, like, pretty unlikely, but I feel like you know, with that and the like story of like that woman he raped in 1993 coming out, like with all this and like him not being able to be on TV for longer than like 45 seconds at a time. I, I don't think it's totally over. I know it's like, you shouldn't get too high hopes or anything, but
0: certainly not for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or for the yeah, look,
5: look how that worked out for that dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That And then, like, it's weird, like you said, to be in, like, a de facto general strike. And then, like, because so many people are going to not have money, especially if all they're planning on doing is, like, a one-time, like, cash giveaway for this. Or whatever they end up doing. Like, people aren't going to pay rent. So then there's, like, a de facto rent strike, a de facto general strike. But they're not organized, so it's still not the same thing. Like, there's still not that same, like, power from below it's just like power being you know exuded on itself by the fucking thing it's supposed to protect
0: yeah well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what's gonna happen in six days or whatever seven days a week we're a week away from fucking april 1st and um i don't know all right man well um yeah i'm just going around the world here so uh thanks for talking to me yeah. do you have a uh, venmo or anything uh i do
5: what would, would you mind if i also plugged my roommates because he's also got laid off and like he's he's fucked he's awesome yeah please please everyone uh, and uh yeah thanks dude appreciate that mine is uh at babe jimin hoffman uh B-A-B-E-J-A-M-I-N-H-O-F-F-M-A-N Look me up, I am hot Uh, So if that (laughs) helps or hurts, either way, give me money or don't No, in the new
0: Uh, economy, it's very important
5: Yeah, no, I mean It's a commodity uh, But it's all I got, really Uh, The Um, new
0: currency is just horniness and like Twitch streaming and
5: podcasting and shit well, then I'm I'm rich in spirit already. <laughs> uh, and then my roommate, who rules, uh, and uh, yeah, also got laid off. His is uh, at Lucas Olean Junk. L u c a s o l e e n dash j u n k. Wonderful. All right, man. That's we'll... his actual name, like. <laughs> People always laugh, but dude just has a funny name.
0: <laughs> Isn't it with junk and everything? Yeah, the junk is for real. That fucking rules. All right, well, all more reason to pay that man money. All right, man. Well, hopefully I'll see you someday. Yeah, dude, stay sane. I will. I'm going to... Okay, I'm now talking to comedian Chloe McGovern. Um, How are you doing, Chloe?
6: Hi, um, I'm okay. I'm just at my parents' house.
0: Yeah, you uh, successfully escaped from New York.
6: I got out. um, I feel pretty lucky about that. I got let go March 15th, and then... My mom's a nurse, so she's always taken this stuff pretty seriously. And I thought she was kind of overreacting when she told me that I needed to come up like ASAP because I wanted to wait until Friday to pick up my paycheck so I don't have direct deposit. Yeah. Um, but we I just ended up going up like the Wednesday after. And then I think Friday was the day <laughs> that you guys went into lockdown, so I got pretty lucky.
0: Yeah, no, that was probably smart.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm Yeah, like...
6: yeah. And you guys have so many like I can't believe the numbers out there. Yeah. It's like I don't even know what it is today, but last night it was 30,000. I think when I left, it was like a couple hundred.
0: Yeah. I think, um, if I remember reading this right, Brooklyn is the worst neighborhood and the worst city and the worst cluster in,
2: uh,
0: the the country, maybe the world at this point. I'm not sure about that part, but I know that this is like, yeah, this is bad. This is not a good place to be. And like, uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I I wish that I had uh, maybe realized right up top like the the thing to do is to get out of town but also, you know, I don't really have the means or anything. So part uh,
6: of me really wanted to martyr myself and like stay and like save the people, but I just <laughs> <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I I was having such bad anxiety the first week that I don't think that would have worked. And then my other roommate, she works at a grocery store. Uh and she's like in her 50s. Um and, like, I j- it just got to the point where I would hear her coughing in the living room. And she's had a cough since she moved in. So, <laughs> and then I would be waiting to hear the sink running to see if she was washing her hands. And she wouldn't. And I'm like, I'm going to murder. I'm going to fucking murder this woman. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't think that would have worked.
0: I'm just generally unhealthy and have, like, kind of a smoker's cough and stuff. And caught food poisoning at one point during Ugh. all this. And, like, there was a person that was around me in quarantine that I think... I feel bad because I think I really scared them, and they thought like (laughs) that I, you know, was the guy who got bit by the zombie in the movie that isn't telling anyone and shit.
6: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's just the symptoms of this are so like I don't know. Like right before this, I was working all the time, so my body always hurt. I always had full body aches. Like that was never not the case. I'm like routinely rocking a light headache, and like I have. I don't know. I get phlegmy. I don't know, but it's like a wet cough and it's supposed to be a dry cough. So, I, I mean, obviously I'm fine, but there's just like so much paranoia.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what was your job before whole hell broke loose?
6: Uh, I was serving. I've been serving for, since I was like 14. It's pretty much been my only job with like a few. I tried dog walking for a second, I tried copywriting for a little bit, but it's mostly been serving. Yeah. Um, the most recent one that I just got let go from was a very popular vegetarian restaurant in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Um, what was that like? I mean, do you have any crazy stories in that from uh, serving is, you know, notoriously a fucked up job? Everyone's pretty horrible.
6: Yeah. Um, so this job has been pretty okay. Um, this is it's run by women from pretty much top to bottom it's it's very much like a white woman's restaurant oh, so this already like pro-
0: sounds women. horrible i'm just kidding
6: yeah just pandering <laughs> Yeah, dude. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the restaurant that i came from before this and this is the one that i have the story from it was a restaurant in a hotel um eater.com called it new york city's worst new restaurant um <laughs> it was i think the management team was five straight white men when i came in
0: oh a podcast um,
6: yes it was a fucking hr nightmare and then i think that i think they had said they'd been through 18 general managers in two years like that's how bad it was and you could just see like the whole place just have this weird like orphanage vibe to it <laughs> like the workers that had managed to stay around you're just like i don't know something's deeply wrong with you like you had alcoholic parents and this like I mean, for me, it felt very familiar as a child of an alcoholic where we would just like start brunch and we just like would not have eggs. And I would have to run around during brunch telling people, like, yeah, I don't have eggs. Um, It was like bougie at bougie hotel, but um, I don't even know what I was saying. So, yeah, it was a vegetarian restaurant. So it being run by women was nice, but. I will say they still haven't started a GoFundMe account or like any sort of effort in that regard for the servers, which is (laughs) kind of telling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm like wondering if I should shoot off an email to them being like, what the, like, or just politely being like, Hey, here's an idea. Um, but yeah, so the, so the hotel job, um, I guess the story I have from that, um, Yeah, it was five straight white men. The general manager, who has since been let go, was um, a former stand-up comedian. No. No. It
2: was (laughs) dude.
6: (laughs) It was such a, like, when he told me that during our job interview, I was like, "Oh, I'm, like, staring down the barrel of a gun right now. Like, I never (laughs) want to be in that position. Um,
0: Did he know you were a comic? Did he find out?
6: I forget how I brought it up I think it came up in the job interview because sometimes well I just don't like lying about that during job interviews because it's like it's gonna come up and you're gonna find out at some point because I'm gonna need to ask for time off or whatever
0: I've told Um, a lot of people knowing that they were dumb and that they would probably that would make me stick out and make them hire me and like they're probably gonna find out eventually like a lot of dumb small business owners think like Oh, then you'll be a great customer service person because you, because people or some shit. And
6: yeah, you'll do like crowd work with the tables. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm going to be your worst employee for sure.
0: Yeah, no, they're always so disappointed when you're like not, like you, you're you not like an entertainer at your fucking service job. And you look at and go, yeah, what the fuck did you think was going to happen?
6: <laughs> yeah, or it's like, I'm funny, but it's going to be because I'm making fun of you to all the other coworkers behind your back. Like yeah. it's not going to be to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, felt kind of bad for the dude. Like, he – I mean, he just, like, made a practical life choice after eight years of doing stand-up and, like, went into general management for the jobs, but he just, like – or for the money. But he um, definitely had a substance abuse problem for sure. Uh, and there was a Yelp review that came out about him. Um, he it was, like, blackout drunk during, like, a Friday night service, went up to one of the tables, sat down, and called um, – all of the, he said, everyone who works here is a bunch of cunts. (laughs) Um, And then this guy wrote about it in the Yelp review. And um, so that was, uh, that kind of started off, like just the whole service team being like infuriated with the dude. Um, And then for me, there was this other guy there, uh, one of the assistant general managers, just kind of like a scumbag, like looked like, just like visible cigarette stains, like all over his body, you know. Yeah. Um, we found so there's a iPad. There was an iPad at the hostess stands, um, and one day we're going through like the search history on Google or something, and there's like fifteen links on there for nudeafrica.com, <laughs> which, <laughs> <laughs> a fucking porn website. <laughs> And we were, like, joking around about it. We all, like, thought it was funny. But, like, I I showed it to the managers and I was like, hey, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on if someone, like, thinks this is a joke. But, like, can you delete these, please? Like, all of the hostesses are women of color. Like, it's just not. It's not like I was like, oh, my God, porn. Like, I've never seen it before. But it. you just can't, like, have that hanging around.
0: That means, I think, one of two things. Either someone is watching porn, like, at the hostess stand, which would be like crazy just like after work <laughs> while you're drinking Insane. a cocktail or whatever or yeah. i bet i bet because ipads are like on uh, like a cloud thing it's probably like mm-hmm. it's linked to the guy's phone and he just didn't like he's just watching it on his phone and didn't think yeah <laughs> that so that's would...
6: exactly that's exactly what it was It was yeah. like first i was like some server thought this was funny and like this is a really stupid joke like to make it work or whatever but then I was like okay it's not really that and then you know the iPad can be removed I was like maybe they brought it down to the office but it's like then you're still beating off in the office and like that's weird um and then like a few days later I was talking to another one of the general managers um we were asking about like covers for that night he's like oh don't worry we don't have to go to the iPad I can pull it up on my phone <laughs> and like that's when it all clicked like holy shit <laughs>
0: oh man that's so funny <laughs> dude
6: but then a, a week later they hadn't taken the links down and i was like guys like it's not that hard just like delete it i don't care if you were watching porn nobody cares yeah but now you're making it and i like had ended up having to go to fortunately it was a hotel so we had hr and i just like was like just was like these guys need to take it off their phone and like actually treat it like it's serious because otherwise It's, like, in contrast, like, the the all-women restaurant that I worked at, like, if that had happened, it would have immediately been a huge issue. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. That's, like, dude, use incognito mode or something so it doesn't. It was
6: crazy, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's why. But
6: it's also, like, I had so much empathy, and, like, that's truly everyone's worst nightmare is that, like, the porn they watch shows up at work.
0: That Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm, like, that's, like, true, like, Coked up waiter behavior or something because, yeah, a normal person would be terrified that that would happen and like, uh, you know, I, I think I don't even. Ha- like have jobs where that might come up and i still think about that shit sometimes because like uh you know everyone's worst nightmare is like you're giving a presentation or something and then you, you open your every time i open my laptop in like a coffee shop there's like a slight thing that runs through my head where i'm like i wonder like i wonder if yeah you know, anything's about to happen here
6: yeah uh, i've gotten a little better about that but every now and then like Pornhub does this where they have the little pop-ups that hide behind all your other windows. So sometimes those will come up and you're just like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) And at least like on the, like I am a a small woman. So it's like not as creepy if it, if I do it, I guess it's just, yeah. (sighs) But yeah, I, I don't know. I like this place though, just because it, it felt, it felt very much like Trump and just like the mask of like all the, like, whatever, like, it was just all ripped off like it was very transparently just like this sleazy job that was like taking advantage of you yeah and sometimes that's nicer than like the farm to table vegetarian whatever where it's like
0: well anyway i uh i'm gonna talk to a bunch of people so we should probably wrap up here but um i'm glad that you made it out of new york and um hopefully i've been recording these over the week so as a little update within the episode i hopefully this um this thing that Bernie was able to tack on to the stupid stimulus bill will, uh, in some way, get trickled down to us. I think that. I'm it's still the
6: freelancers re- and the tip, uh, like, and the tipped workers amendment, right?
0: Yeah, I'm still reading the details of it, but I think that uh, we might be not entirely fucked. So, um, I don't know. We'll talk about that at the end of this That's episode, good. too. But, um, anyways, okay. uh, Chloe, where can listeners Venmo you a tip? And follow you oh, yeah. and all that other stuff online.
6: Um. So, my Venmo is at Chloe-McGovern. It's C-H-L-O-E-M-C and then govern like government. That's it. You can follow me on Instagram. I forget. It's like, just search Chloe McGovern on Instagram. It'll be like one of the first ones that follow up. My icon has like Ray-Bans and red lipstick.
0: Cool. All right. Well. Yeah um hope see you someday hopefully
6: i don't know man i'm like is this it <laughs> um i hope so too i miss being in fucking brooklyn and just being around scumbags <laughs> yeah not that you are one but
0: <laughs> oh no i'm a scumbag <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why i'm a um, virus
6: yeah <laughs> i know i'm like i've touched i probably already gotten it but um I- sorry were you a server too did you get let go uh
0: right now i am, was a my only job that I was really being obstructed by this in the service industry was like bike messenger shit. Um, gotcha. So I'm all right. I am all right because okay. uh, I've got some work online. Like this podcast is kind of floating me. but um, okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm a service industry oh. till I die person. So yeah. I like to make sure all my friends are taken care of.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to check in because I didn't know if you... okay. well, a few. I've been a server. I've served,
0: yeah. but my main job was probably bartending for the yeah. m- entire for the g- majority of my service career.
6: I can see bartender more than server.
0: Yeah, I liked the jobs <laughs> where you could yell at people and they didn't care. They they just took it because you're in charge of their poison that they're addicted to. That's where I exactly. felt most comfortable. That and dishwashing.
6: Yeah, <laughs> it's important. That's like the they like hold up the whole restaurant
0: yeah but i respect servers because their job is uh fucking hard and it's especially on the interpersonal level you just have to deal with so much bullshit
6: i know yeah um okay do you have to let me go i'm like i don't want to yeah. take up too much time okay. yeah
0: i gotta bounce well all right well thanks chloe
6: thank you jake good luck with everything and hopefully see you soon yep bye
0: Okay, I'm now talking to comic Tom Peters in Winston Salem, North Carolina, uh, who is a grocer. And I, uh, yeah, I, I figured uh, I'd talk to all my service industry friends about getting, uh, you know, fired from uh, our jobs, not being able to uh, work in restaurants and stuff right now. But the, I, I'm gonna. I wanted to talk to a grocer because it occurred to me as I was making all this stuff. Um, that this is a job that is, you know, certainly extremely brave for people to be doing right now. You're pretty much on the front lines and the concept of the show is that we are more braver than the troops. So, (laughs) um, Tom, uh, how's it going, man?
7: Uh, it's going okay right now. Um, I actually just worked today I should say that um, the store I work in, and I don't want to specifically say which store it is, but I will say that it's like a more expensive grocery store. So this is kind of a snapshot of the experience that we're of working at, you know, one of those. But sure, um, sure.
0: yeah, the anonymity thing is also very common on this show, so we're all uh, that's pretty standard. But I, uh, <laughs> to that point though, about. Um, yeah, kind of the fancier grocery stores. I think somebody the other day was saying in New York here, like that, <laughs> like those stores were fucking cleaned out like immediately for some reason. I don't even know what the implication is. Um,
7: I bring it up mostly just to give an idea of the client, the clientele that I'm that I'm dealing with. Sure. And, um, and we, we got pretty cleaned out early on, but it's kind of stabilizing a little bit. I think that people are arriving at taking this seriously in waves. Here, um, you kind of saw a big rush, and then you saw some people kind of going about their usual business. You know, wondering what the big deal was, um, kind of like making jokes to me about it, and um, and also like for the a large part, I will say that the senior citizens that that we're doing a lot of, you know, staying at home for right now, um, do not care about, (laughs) about, uh, (laughs) about (laughs) taking any precautionary measures. Um, there are some that are just actively, uh, flying in the face of it and, and, um, some that are just, uh, yeah, disregarding any measures, uh, of safety. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, kind of leveling off. I, I was, as I'm sure you can, maybe you can relate to this. I, I had a, a real sort of moral conflict, um, at first about continuing to go to work. Were, were you still working and kind of feeling that way for a while?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still feel that way because, uh, we're kind of in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of dynamics going on here i mean i am living in a very dangerous place to do my job and basically had to have other people convince me not to because on one level i feel like i want to help out on another level you know it might be making things worse for people around me especially in my immediate vicinity if i get um infected for no reason so ultimately what led me to kind of pump the brakes on working my day job was be uh, just that I uh, this podcast is making money and if I just tighten my belt I can you know kind of make this happen and then not like needlessly infect myself but that being said all of us are in a situation especially workers in something as necessary as grocery store where um, you know A you might not be able to and B like somebody has to do this shit you know So I don't think that I, I don't know what the answer is either way. I just know I made a decision and I, you know, that's what happened. And I don't know if even that's going to be what happens going forward, but I certainly uh, commend you for continuing to work. Um, What's that been like?
7: Well, I mean, my thought process or how I arrived at, I mean, there was a period of time where I was just panicking every day and every day I swore I wouldn't go in. And then I would go in and then oddly actually doing the job would kind of take my mind off things and make me feel a little bit better. But um, <clears throat> I uh, kind of started to feel like um, maybe a little guilty about the idea of staying home, especially with everyone I know complaining about getting fired from their jobs. Yeah, for and sure. And here I am like, still with an opportunity to make money and i need the money uh another reasoning is like you know i do have uh uh, you know whitehouse.gov says that if you work in food supply you have a special uh responsibility to maintain your regular work schedule um and i'm just kind of bringing that up as a joke but also it's like you know i i do kind of have a, a reason or, like, I don't know if you could say a mandate or whatever to to continue doing that. Also, it's, like, now nah, I'm just rationalizing here. But, yeah, it's, like, I haven't been going other places. I've been going home and to work and back home. and um, And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you were saying about wanting to help out, it's, like, it's not like I work in a hospital or something, but, like, I do work near a hospital and all the <laughs> – people are like coming in and getting groceries and telling me what's going on and stuff and so I kind of feel a little bit of pride in like being there and that they appreciate me being there and stuff so and like you're saying you know you don't want to there's no reason to needlessly infect yourself but I'm kind of just like I don't know it's weird like my girlfriend works there too and we kind of had this standoff of like telling each other not to go and it just sort of became obvious that neither of us were going to stop going. So it's just kind of like, I guess I got to keep going, you know, and then I may as well, I suppose, because I just really feel for everybody that's um, suddenly unemployed. And I feel like I've, I would feel a lot worse about, you know, voluntarily being unemployed
5: yeah, well,
0: I I mean, it, this is a, a very optimistic thing I'm going to say, but hopefully throughout this experience, it's, it's some fucking people in society, if not the people in control of shit, will understand that, uh, you know, these jobs that have been referred to so often as uh, like low skill jobs or, uh, you know, low paying jobs even, I mean, which they fucking are, are, um, you know, <laughs> things that our society is kind of like running on and if they stop the whole fucking machine falls apart or whatever. So, you know, we might come out of this, you know, like I said, again, very optimistically in a situation where, uh, you know, hopefully you will not be like an unsung person for this. Hopefully, you know, you'll get compensated and uh, maybe we consider we can collectively, uh reimagine how we value this type of work in society um that probably won't happen though <laughs> but um
7: i had a co-worker today say that uh she made the joke that we should all get um we should all get uh, purple hearts on our resumes after this which yeah fuck is yeah a dude but also ties into your theme i guess for the show
0: um so i mean is it like a scary environment has anyone got sick uh i mean it's got to be a worry right
7: it's a worry i mean people are welcome to stay home if they need to uh, if they think they're sick or even if they don't like i think that it's been made clear that you can stay home if if you just don't want to be there you cannot be there you know without um retaliation which is which is a reason why i kept coming at first you know it's a new job for me i need the money the money is actually not bad for, for what I'm used to. And um, and I kind of wanted to make a good impression. This sounds ridiculous in the face of potential, you know, uh, pandemic infection or whatever, but um, people haven't really been um, dropping out or anything. I mean, I, I have coworkers who have said to me, like, I've pretty much accepted that I will probably get sick. And, that sounded crazy to me at the time, but I, I almost feel like I've moved moved to the same way of looking at it. I'm just like, you know, maybe it'll happen. Um, I don't know. I've kind of reached this weird acceptance where I, I, it's almost like I'm being careful, but it's like I can't really worry about it that much. I've sort of just decided that it's what I'm going to keep doing yeah. for right now.
0: Well, I mean, that honestly is just the situation for like everyone uh, if you look yeah. at th- what the science is saying here the understanding is that like something like 70 percent of the population is going to get this and you know the danger is if everyone has it the same fucking time and then there's not enough resources and then uh, you know you get turned away from a hospital or something like that <laughs> but um yeah no i mean I, same thing it's a curse to me a few times a day, you know, this is just going to fucking happen at some point. Probably. Um,
7: I will say like, I, I wish that I saw people. Um, I wish that I saw people not, uh, I wish that <laughs> I wish I didn't see the same people so many times. Like I wish, that. <laughs> I, I wish people were taking it a little more seriously. I mean, on the whole, it has been less busy. I think, I think people are staying away uh, unless they need to for the most part. But, um, but there are people that are just you know still coming by every day, and that doesn't really need to happen. I think we need to we need some of that you know, Chinese enforcement, yeah of, uh, get <laughs> that, the fuck out of here
0: You shouldn't do that to a grocery store in like normal life, like go to it yeah. every day. that's fucking weird, man
7: yeah, in the most perfect circumstances, you're a loser
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah I mean is it is you know is the place just getting cleared out or uh you know what's that like is your job harder than usual just in terms of physically restocking shit or what's the uh, how's how's that
7: um people at first it was weird because sometimes I do like online shopping like like um I do shopping for people who place online orders, yeah, which uh, a whole other a whole other thing you know because the of course like the the online orders spiked immediately because no one wants to come home i mean never mind that you're still having another human being go to the store and get it and then bring it to your home but i guess you don't have to be out in that case anyway but that was kind of crazy at first because we were just out of everything um i haven't seen toilet paper in weeks but everything else is pretty much coming in in waves and like it just kind of depends on when you get there. I'm sure it's not as crazy as um, as it's been up there. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's been too much normalcy, I think. I'd like to see a little less normalcy. I'd like to see fewer people, like, making jokes to me about it. and um, And everyone just says, like, stay safe. Like, what what does that mean? You know, it, <laughs> as, as, like a, uh, as like a goodbye, like, stay safe. Like, all right, well, I'm not because you're here. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's fucking true. Um, let me ask you a question as somebody who works in this uh, industry. Um, the delivery thing is that a good idea or a bad idea do you think for people to do because um you know we've been trying to figure it out it over here we like just in terms of uh the ethics of it and also the safety of it is it better to have somebody who works for the store bag all your shit up and bring it over or is it better to spare that person mm-hmm. if we go and then bring our bodies into the grocery store i mean i don't know what the yeah. answer is
7: yeah, you so you mean in this particular circumstance, not just in general. Yeah, like is it, yeah, yeah. I I think that yeah, I mean I've like kind of talked about that with some people I work with about like um the idea of maybe shutting like some people have talked about what if they just shut the store down other than online delivery and stuff and I was like, well that's a little bit of like a that's like a classist move, I think to only let the people who can afford to, to shop online and have the access to that, be the only people that can get groceries. But also it's like just shopping at that store is a little bit classist also. <laughs> and so yeah. expensive. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like people are walking around the store Uh, handling it all and then bagging it up and then that's being passed off to someone who is just driving around to several households and stores and back and forth all day so it's like kind of six in one half dozen of the other it almost might i mean you're right it might be worse to have to have it delivered because if you're if you're going to the store yourself and going home that's only like two points on the line whereas like a delivery person Mm -hmm. is bouncing between you know a couple dozen points in a day and spreading whatever in the process so it seems like that might be the least ethical choice but I guess it's the most convenient for people who are afraid with some extra income. I guess
0: yeah I suppose so I don't know if there's any one way to to really even yeah there's not an easy answer to this I guess um i guess uh maybe just put on a hazmat suit and go down there and hoard as much amy's quinoa as possible or whatever Uh, yeah (laughs) um well i don't want to keep you too long and i do have to uh probably get to my next thing here but um uh where can where can people find you and uh what's your venmo if uh, my listeners can tip you
7: oh um well uh i am on instagram at tom with five m's and that's spelled out so tom w-i-t-h-f-i-v-e-m-s and then i'm on uh, at uh at tom peters six and uh i'm not really looking for you know tips at the moment because like i said i am still working i will accept um donations to help pay my girlfriend's uh, medical bills though so that's one thing but um Yeah, this was fun, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. Well, Tom, stay safe. Okay. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) Uh, See see what I did there. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, dude. Thanks. uh, Thank you for feeding your local elderly idiots who don't believe this is happening.
7: (laughs) You're welcome.
0: Okay, my little soldiers, that was a trip around the country. We talked to a bunch of comedians who are also service industry workers, right? Uh, where'd we go? New York City, Connecticut, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, somewhere else am I missing? I don't know, but the point is, took a little snapshot of the country, the various situations that we're all in, right? Um, So these episodes of our show are really popular, obviously, because, uh, you know, most people work and it feels good to talk about these sorts of things, right? It's very cathartic. So I figured we would do one during the coronavirus outbreak because uh, this uniquely decimated the service industry, which is... uh, Huge part of this country's economy. Um, and also, uh, you know, very unprotected form of work. Um, something that you don't really get a safety net for. You're, it's uniquely risky. You sort of, uh, live the pirate's life when you do this sort of thing. And, um, these people are gravely in need of help. All right. Um, I was thinking about, though, why I was doing this all week when I was doing these interviews and uh, trying to kind of loosely thread together some sort of theme. And the thing I keep coming back to to try to put a ribbon on this just to sum up you know, what any of this even means is uh, the concept of mutual aid. The Big M.A., as Anders Lee has called it on this show, which is a term you probably heard if you're involved in activist shit at all, if you went to Occupy, you're in the DSA, or you're a little fucking anarchist, crusty Punk, or whatever. This term mutual aid gets thrown around a lot. And um, you might not know what it means, because it doesn't actually mean very much. It's a very simple term. That really just refers to the concept of people helping each other. Cooperation. Um, but there's more to it. And I think that what uh, it's what mutual aid's uh, big animal daddy, Peter Kropotkin, has to say about it is somewhat relevant to what we're going through right now. And what I'm going through and what I was thinking about when I was making this. Okay, so, okay, babe, I'm doing uh, Dennis Miller shit now. Holy fuck, I hope I get the virus and he hollows out my skull. Um. (laughs) Okay, babe, okay. uh. Mutual aid, Peter Kropotkin. I'm going to give you an amateur's take on... uh, what he had to say about it because i'm currently reading him and am uh, a podcaster and not you know a million year old anarchist theory guy with a large large flowing beard and scary top hat um i don't know i've been thinking about this reading a little kropotkin and trying to understand um uh, what he had to say about this concept because the concept of mutual aid is something that you'll be hearing about a lot right now. It's, it's, it is what we've been talking about this whole show. It's tipping your friend who's a bartender via Venmo. It's uh, putting together lists of people who, uh, you know, anyone can look up and, and try to help out, right? Um, but Kropotkin in this essay, Mutual Aid colon, a factor of evolution. It has a a colon like it's a, you know, like a mid-aughts movie, like a Fast and Furious thing. Mutual aid, a factor of evolution, is something that he argues is uh, kind of innate and biological. And the reason he argues this is because Kropotkin, I think, is writing during a time when Darwinism is all the rage All right, this guy just figured out evolution and made an argument for something called survival of the fittest, right? And uh, this leads to some shitty enlightenment individualist thinkers in the wake of Darwin coming up with a concept known as social Darwinism, um, which is all predicated on this idea that Darwin himself wasn't even really, by the end of his life, even that subscribed to, which is uh, the notion of competition, right? So Darwin's entire point of view, or at least the one that he's famous for, um, his early work that then gets built upon, is that evolution occurs when species, animals, uh, have to compete with each other over... um, you know, who gets the food, who gets to reproduce, etc. That's something we all know about. We've all seen the stupid um, thing you put on the back of your car with like a Jesus fish with feet, you know? Um, <laughs> that's uh, um, a – it's not the first brain. It's not galaxy brain yet. It's like the second brain where there's just light starting to come out of it. That's what your understanding of evolution – And survival of the fittest is okay. Um, now social Darwinism takes this and combines it with this individualistic view of uh people and their ability to compete with each other, and that being what drives society to become greater, I guess, right? And it's a pretty brutal way of looking at things because it sort of implies that um, people that you know do not win out in this. System of competition should just die, right? Well, Kropotkin looks at all this stuff and he sort of goes, wait, 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 wait. Back up. The premise you're operating on is uh, flawed to begin with. So this whole thing is flawed because he studies animals and he notices that just as much or perhaps possibly even more than competition, there's a great deal of cooperation within the animal kingdom and within species of animals themselves, right? So this can be exemplified in birds migrating together by flying in a big V, you know? Um, I don't know. Fucking bonobos fucking each other. I don't know. I don't think they had access to that yet. Um, But, you know, various other... You know, things in the animal kingdom uh, that that just don't, you know, don't agree with this Darwinistic thing cut and dry. Um, an example he cites in his work is uh, this thing that uh, Goeth, am I pronouncing it right? Uh, wow, I'm gonna sound like an asshole. Uh, talks about where <laughs> one species of bird... You know, it's fucking babies fall out of a nest. They wind up in another species of bird's nest. Holy shit, look in the animal kingdom. There are birds that take care of each other, even though they're different species. Wow, maybe there's something innate within people or within uh, all organisms that is not purely brutal and competitive and bloody and primal, right? All of these things that, uh, you know, that, that all of Western thought is sort of based on this brutal past, right? We talked about this when I talked about sex at dawn, we talked about this when am i becoming. be coming. Um, <laughs> but he sort of says, wait, 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 wait. You've based your entire thing on the idea that we have this brutal past, but that we also have a cooperative past. So <clears throat> he looks at that and he sort of formulates another view of, what caused evolution and what caused us to be able to advance and what caused humans to then exist. And he tracks throughout early human history, you know, the cooperative nature of hunter-gatherers and early um, societies and, uh, you know, guilds and medieval times and shit like that. And, uh, you know, this is a way of thinking where you can track that all the way up until – trade unionist movements and things like that pre-war. And, um, you know, and then I think a common argument made when discussing mutual aid is that uh, then capitalism eventually atomized us and broke us and broke our ability to function like an organism, which is what is being described here. And uh, that's how we got into this fucking mess we're in today. Right. So I think he looks at groups of people as organisms or as, you know, macro organisms, not that dissimilar from, um, you know, uh, one being itself and, you know, not that dissimilar from groups of animals and tribes and things like that. Right. <clears throat> what the fuck does this have to do with my heroin addict friend washing dishes? You might be asking, well, I was thinking about <clears throat> all this and I was thinking, you know, we're using this term mutual aid. It's such a it's such a broad term it can be used to apply to anything. and it is applied to a lot of things. And um, you know, it's not something that people talk about very much because it is not the end-all be-all. It is not considered to be like revolution or like a, you know something that all of society should be built upon. It is somewhat of a band-aid that serves to fill in the gaps when government fails us. And when uh, you know, we find ourselves in a situation like we are now where we're like still waiting for some weird ass stimulus check to come down and uh help us pay rent in a few fucking days, right? Might not come in time. That's when mutual aid kicks in. Well, this sort of stuff starts happening and mutual aid is something that naturally occurs to a lot of people. Not everyone's sitting around reading Kropotkin, but a lot of people are coming up with GoFundMe's and things like that. And if you listen to my other podcast, Why You Mad, you might have heard me talking about this, Uh, but I've been feeling a little bit ambivalent about these specific GoFundMes and mutual aid programs that are designed specifically for my people, comedians, uh, because I think that they may be somewhat insufficient, and you should totally help out comedians during this time because they're fucking out of work, right? Um, that's why I had all my friends on this goddamn show. Uh, but I also had them on this show to make the point that they are also workers who are out of work and you should help out those people too. Right? So it occurred to me while I was compiling notes for this show that, you know, I'm going to link a bunch of these things. I'm going to link every fucking thing that someone sent me this week. And, uh, you know, I hope that, uh, if you have money and you have something to spare, Hope you don't break the don't break the fucking bank. If you are also somebody who needs help right now, but if you're one of my listeners who is rich as shit and uh, <laughs> you know wants to spread the wealth around, I know there's a few of you in here. Um, you know, tip tip my fucking guests and maybe dig into these mutual aid documents and see you know, spin the wheel. You know, give random money to somebody, right? But it won't feel right because you won't know who you're giving that money to. Here's the point I'm trying to make. It's impossible for us to solve this problem by compiling lists upon lists of just random people everywhere and then spending them around and then hoping, I don't know, everyone just sort of like randomly picks someone in one of these giant lists of out-of-work bartenders or servers or whatever. Um, that won't get distributed, right? All right? And uh, also, you don't have the fucking enough money to give money to all those people. What do we do about this? Right? Well, here's where this Krapak shit comes into play. I was thinking about this and I was like, man, like what do we do here? These are insufficient band-aids. It is fun. It is nice, you know, to have a beer at home and then to pull out your phone and Venmo and tip a bartender, you know, but that doesn't help the fucking person washing dishes in the back of that restaurant. who's also losing money. It doesn't help the server. It doesn't help everyone. And It can't, right? Then it occurred to me. The problem here is that when you take something like like a group of people that only know each other over the internet and you try to define it as a community, it doesn't really work. I don't think that we should really be trying to save out to to bail out comedians in this specific way because it doesn't. Just only certain comedians will get it. You know, people that suck at comedy also need money and they won't be included in any of this shit um and i don't know even just trying to to dole out this money to to out of work service industry people you know like i said like it's just, it doesn't make sense right because comedy is not a community and none of these things are communities really in the sense that uh that someone like Kropotkin understands the thing to be community here's what i think we should do and this is just my two cents i think what mutual aid is going to teach us right now during this moment is not going to be about, I don't know, going online and trying to string together some sort of random grouping of people that all do a thing or that all know each other. I think what you need to do is organize your building or your neighborhood block or your cul-de-sac or whatever. Um, because if everyone did that, it's, then everyone then it would we could organize society into a bunch of different cells of mutual aid systems that would all take care of each other during this time. I know this sounds fucking crazy, but like look out the window. Shit's going down. I mean something something's gotta happen, right? And I think that the big MA is probably gonna be really beneficial if you include your fucking neighbors that you never talk to because you live in capitalism in that thing, right? You don't know. There might be someone in your neighborhood or in your building or in your community that isn't on fucking Facebook or any of this shit or needs help a lot more than these other people because they're, you know, disabled or immunosuppressed or something. I mean, there's a lot of people like that right now, right? So. I don't know, I think maybe, you know, we use these tools that have been around for a long time um, and that have been developed up until this point, like putting together Google Docs and stuff like that, and you maybe just go around your fucking neighborhood and you leave notes with the address of the goddamn thing and you say, hey, if anyone needs help, I'm an able bodied person and I can go to the store and get things for the whole fucking block. What if everyone did it like that? We need have one person for every goddamn block instead of everyone just running around willy nilly to the goddamn grocery store. All right? Think about this. All right? Think about animals cooperating with each other to migrate to weather the storm while you're playing animal crossing huh how about that look at what i just did there right <laughs> what is animal crossing if not mutual aid at the animal level right i don't know i haven't played the game perhaps it is hyper capitalistic and uh, i'm sure they learned that there's a landlord in it this week who's a dog <laughs> i don't know but uh I will have to play the video game and then figure that out and then do an episode of why you mad about it. Um, I don't know, but all that is to say, consider organizing outside of your immediate species of person. Maybe not just comedians, maybe not just bartenders, Maybe we include everyone in the pack who lives within our direct uh, area and we think of ourselves like an actual physical community and we make like the humble goose and direct everyone which part of the v to get into or like a like a, just a pack of wolves or deer, the all you know, pack animals, and we, uh, you know, talk to your goddamn downstairs neighbor, and you say, hey, I'm, I'm a deer, you're a deer, I've got antlers, let's bang them together, baby, and, uh, you know, uh, escape from the predators of, can you tell I'm making this up as I go along, the predators of invisible just evil alien coronavirus, the 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 bat ghost, the dastardly toxic invisible poisonous thing from the air that climbs inside your head and kills you, or oh, and the the other devil, um, which is the goddamn economy. <laughs> um, I'm joking, but that is truly, I mean, something that is defined within this theory i'm reading as the other enemy of uh, you know the organism that is us um the problem right now might not be just that you might get sick it's also the situation that we're going to be put in with the way our society's structured and how um you know you, you might find yourself out of fucking resources you are not going to go that alone you are not going to to survive that in the fashion of an individualist. Actually, one more thing I should talk about with regards to Kropotkin's work is um, the identification of altruism within the animal kingdom. This is something he talks about a lot. Um, This is something that social Darwinists do not believe exists. They think it is against the genetic code for someone to, you know, to selfless something in nature to selflessly act and sacrifice itself but Kropotkin would argue there are plenty of examples of this and they also make sense from an evolutionary point of view because um, you know I mean the whole fucking point of uh, life an organism that embodies it is to you know to, to just keep the whole goddamn thing known as life going right so Ayn Rand is somebody who <laughs> wrote a complete opposition to all this, wrote a book called The Virtue of Selfishness, which identifies altruism as a you know completely irrational, unfunctional thing that has been insisted upon and shoehorned into society and uh, is the great reason that capitalism f- fails. Even though capitalism is a perfect system, it doesn't work because some asshole is always trying to make people altruistic um and it poisons this supposedly great system. Ayn Rand's a fucking asshole, right? Um <laughs> she was a social darwinist, you know. She argued that this fucking thing doesn't exist. Right? If you are traversing the wilderness of social media right now, if you're chopping through the brush Known as Facebook, the way I am talking to guys with wraparound sunglasses and uh, you know various baseball caps, um, you might find yourself arguing with a lot of people who take that tack, who approach this situation with that point of view. I mean, it's really like a national problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a, a big value system that a large portion of this country has um you know, ascribed to, or uh, subscribed to, and it's the reason that we have governors in states like Mississippi that are just not taking this seriously. They're going to get the fucking selves killed. There's people drinking fish tank cleaner because they think, you know, this is uh, some sort of collectivist scam, <laughs> and uh, that there's an individualist way out of this fucking problem. Nothing makes a socialist out of a person like a like a global threat like this. I am going to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be climate change, but here we are, you know. <laughs> it it's a it's crazier and crazier and more and more ridiculous to try to pose an argument that some sort of libertarian individualist sovereign citizen shit is going to get you out of this situation, but you might find yourself arguing with them and now is a greater time than ever to look at those arguments that those people are making and realize that they're bullshit, Ayn Randian, fucking, uh, you know, hypocritical arguments, and that right now is a a time for participating in something like mutual aid, and I don't know, but I highly suspect that if you feel insane and stir crazy and unnatural and fucking bugged out from being inside and alone for a long time that if you participate in something like this, you will feel more normal and human because this might be in our fucking DNA to help each other. Um, I'm going to get off my soapbox now because I don't know anything. (laughs) Um, but thank you for listening, and I am going to play the episode out on some new music from uh, some friends of ours who have a new band called Still Years. This track's called The Orderly Life of Things. Um, if this sounds cool and it sounds familiar, you might recognize um, at least one of these people was in a band called Loss of Breath that we played on an episode a while back. Um Track called "The Only Way to Say Goodbye," which is just a fucking banger. I love these guys' music, um, and importantly, and pertinent to germane to the conversation, I would even say, if I was going to use my one of my ten dollars words, um, <laughs> they, these musicians out in New Mexico, are. Um, this is, what, a couple of these guys are teachers. Um, they're collaborating remotely, obviously, cause of all this, and they are donating the money that they make from their band camp to a thing called streets safe and M obviously street safe, New Mexico, which is a nonprofit. Um, it says you will find us where we make the most difference on the street. So wow, what the fuck? What a dink. mutual goddamn motherfucking aid. Um, Yeah. Uh, so enjoy this track and, um, Jesus Christ, stay safe. And I hope to see you someday. I, uh, <laughs> I keep finding myself quoting this, the guy from lost who says, I'll see you in another life, brother. Whenever I talk to someone during all this. So, you know what fuckers I'll see you in another life.